Welcome to Curious with Josh Peck. Start the show. Welcome back to the Curious Podcast. My name is Josh Peck and I'm your host and your name is Listener. And that's what you do. You listen. Yeah, guys, 2020. How's it feel? Better? The same? Probably the same. I would imagine. I'm sure it's the same, right? Because, of course, my experience is your experience. And I'm so self-centered, narcissistic, and self-obsessed that I only assume that everything I feel is what all other people feel. And that you'd have to be an utter dunce to think or feel differently than, than a regular friggin' messiah in a 33-year-old podcast host form such as myself. Anyway, it's New Year, so who the fuck fucking cares? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be that. I don't need to be Captain Critical over here. The reality is I feel quite good. It's January 5th. That's when I'm recording this. Everything is tranquilo, baby. And yeah, your boy is bilingual. I'll throw out a Spanish word a mooey amount of times. I don't give a fuck. Let me tell you, okay? Because I'm tired of holding back. I'm tired of not being able to share all my gifts because the reality is I restrain myself so that all of you don't have to feel bad about you. You know, you guys are only mere mortal men and women or others who, you know, trudge through your daily life just trying the best you can. But there are outliers. There are superheroes that walk amongst us, people whom have special powers, and I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide it anymore. I'm one of them. Yeah, that's right. We come in all forms and I'm wearing a cape under my clothes and it's getting a little bunchy. I wanna let that fucking cape fly, man. <laughs> what am I saying? I don't know. You're the listener. You listen to this ridiculousness. So what does that say about you? A lot that you have fucking incredible taste that you spend your time wisely with a sage such as myself. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, I didn't think I was going to have an outburst of utter bullshit on the first podcast of the year, but there it is. And here we are, right? I had a stressful outburst the other day. <laughs> Have you ever cried from stress? I wish you could see me because my hand is up. Have you ever just been so driven to, or have you ever been driven to tears by just sort of an overwhelming feel, like an overwhelming feeling of impending doom and pressure and the idea that like you're never going to be able to come up for air? It's interesting in moments of like utter distress that your body just wants to like evacuate and it's like tears get out of here run down this man's face no matter where he is and especially if he's at a Trader Joe's because <laughs> that is a perfect place for a grown-ass man to cry <laughs> I didn't cry in a Trader Joe's okay I was just using that for comedic effect I I Cried in my minivan in front of my wife and my sleeping son. 
<laughs> oh my god i don't drive a minivan i drive a nicer car listen i'm doing well thank you in large part because of your your direct support and and the sponsors of the curious podcast but yeah man i was overwhelmed and i don't know why well i do know why it's been a good year thank god but like any 33 year old or like any person on this earth who's you know, somewhat woke and cognizant and, and satient. You know, I'm, I I contemplate my life a lot and I think about like what the next year's going to hold or behold. And I, you know, I don't, I, I, I sort of bloviate on the podcast and put out an air of like, it's all ridiculous. And, and while, uh, you know, my, my rational brain understands this deep down at times I can be like utterly fearful and, and in projection of the future and, and all the reasons why it just ain't going to work out because I'm a human on this earth. And I think many people can subscribe to this feeling, you know, where you just become overwhelmed with self. And I, you know, it was an interesting string of events, but there was a lot of work up to the end of the year. And then I went and spent a week with my wife's family over the holiday, which was lovely, but not altogether relaxing, I would say. You know, like there's just the nature of any sort of family dynamic. And my wife happens to have an incredible one and her extended family. Every, everybody, there's not a bad, there's not a brown spot in an apple on this fucking family tree. Let me tell you, these are all shimmering friggin', you know, Excellent red delicious apples, beautiful, like like a food stylist worked on these apples. <laughs> but you know, uh, nevertheless, being around uh, in-laws and family for a week, and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on at all times. It doesn't really lend itself to be altogether relaxing. Um, so I found myself slightly on edge, and then my wife and I were we were trying to to possibly buy a home, and that fucking entire scenario became unbelievably foobar in the respect of like I don't even want to go into it because it's like ridiculous and also why should anyone care but more importantly it just became slightly like just bad 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 misinformation and having to pull out of a deal for things that were not properly represented and then like possibly lawyers getting involved. And it just was like it, it, more stressful than it needed to be. And especially the fact that like it didn't end with us being able to like perhaps purchase a home, which, um, you know, was a bummer. But I remember in this moment, you know, a couple of days ago, my kid was, was at the doctor and he was freaking out because he got a shot, which I've heard this is what kids do and they're very reactive to any sort of forms of pain. And what I'd like to say to my son is like, you think this shot is bad. Wait till high school. <laughs> you want to know real, f this physical pain will be dwarfed by deep emotional pain that will come in waves that you can't see over and the waves are never going to stop Right around uh, 8 or maybe 12 if you're lucky. And once it starts coming and they don't stop coming, it's like that Smash Mouth song. So you, you know, enjoy this physical pain being at the height of your pain experience because this will pale in comparison to what's to come. No, I would never say that. That's insane. You can't talk to it. He's one. He wouldn't understand. 
Um, but anyway, it was like these events sort of happen. And then we're at the doctor's office and my kid is really upset. And I think he just needed a nap, but he was not happy. And I load him into the car and, and calm him down and he falls asleep. And I'm with my wife and she's talking to me in, in her wonderfully normal sort of succinct in the way in which she does, because she's not bogged down by all this, like, fucking neuroses in the way I am. And I just started to feel wetness coming down my cheeks. I think my wife had brought up perhaps, like, looking at another apartment or house to possibly try to put an offer on. And, I, you know, I was in the wake of this bad experience, and uh, along with perhaps not getting much rest. I, mean, I was sad that my kid was upset and because I'm a new parent and I'm sure that'll all be washed away once I have my second child. But nevertheless, your boy was emotional. And I and my wife turned to me and she goes, are you, are you okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> I said, no, no, I'm not okay. And God bless her. I mean, she couldn't have been lovelier and just kind of like rubbed my neck and was very nice and heard me out as I just <laughs> gave the cries of the fortunate <laughs> about how overwhelmed I am because I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from and all this, you know, good health care that my son and my family get. <laughs> No, I just, you know, life was sort of getting on top of me. Being a grown-up was getting on top of me. And it felt like all this responsibility was, you know, I was just projecting into the future and, and of just what happens as an adult, like dealing with just adult shit. And it's, you know, inevitably, in many cases, what we sign up for, right? Like, it's a good old American dream is to have a family and purchase property and you know, live. And, and that's a blessing. But what comes with it is just a little myriad of paperwork um, and, you know, financial stress. And, and I know that I'm in a privileged position and I, you know, I, I'm just sharing a human experience, but I feel the need to qualify that because I know that, you know, plenty of people who listen to this podcast are, are not in that position. And, uh, and I can honor that as uh, so much so. And and so I was just overwhelmed and I I felt very embarrassed that I was like crying in front of my kid and my wife. And listen, it wasn't a sob. It wasn't even, I don't even think I made much noise. But I just, water fell out of my face. <laughs> and I just drove around as my kids slept which was good and my wife was being very nice to me and I just kind of I was in my feelings <laughs> and it was uh there was some catharsis involved it felt better to kind of get it out and uh and everyone I've run it by thus far has been like yeah bro welcome welcome to being an adult like it doesn't necessarily stop it's you know this is what it is and balancing like that responsibility with getting a little bit of you know relief and with whatever that is you know being good to yourself while also like you know you got to make money you got to be a good dad blah 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 so whatever I don't know I you know I I 
I'm not going to even make light of it like I'm bitching because I know for sure people listening to this have had similar feelings and experiences. And so I only hope that they can look at their Uncle Josh, that guy that they look up to, that guy that they think is impervious, that goes home every night like a young fucking, I don't know, like like a young, you know someone stoic and strong like a young someone stoic and strong that I go home every night and I tuck my kid into bed and I kiss my wife on the cheek and I go to bed in full pajamas put my head on the pillow and go that was a good day but I don't I don't always do that for the most part I I have I'm having a very human experience and um, I, I have moments of feeling utterly overwhelmed and that was one of them, but it felt good to get it out and I feel better today. And ain't that the beauty that, you know what? I felt it and I moved on and also thank God I didn't drink over it. Cause that would have been like, you know, you want to make a bad situation worse. I'm the king of that. That's what us drunks are good at. We like to drink at bad situations. Sort of our way of upping the ante. You think this is fucked? Let me show you. I'll show you fucked. But, you know, it's all good. And now I'm with you guys. So, you know, what else could I ask for? On today's podcast, Jason Ellis, he's back, y'all. Jason is one of my favorite people. He's a host of the Jason Ellis Show on Sirius XM Faction Talk, and he's got a new book out called Still Awesome. Go buy it today. Um, I will attach a link in the liner notes for the show. I I love this book. He's a bestseller, and I think it's so dope that amongst all the things that he does and how prolific he is as a radio host and He's a um, former world champion skateboarder and now just a very accomplished author. But I I think his life is just so interesting and his ability in which to convey it in such an honest and deep way is, uh, is one of my favorite things. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Here's Jason Ellis. Fucking morning, having my own podcast. Fucking not, not you nobody. Don't, maybe you don't give up that power. It'd be different if you were trying to make it. Yeah. You made it, and now they're trying to get a piece. I know. I just love the idea of like showing up to a fucking radio studio every day. You're with your bros. When I came in that one day on your show, I was so envious. I'm like, it's just guys having fun. Okay. Yeah. No, because when I if I do podcasts where you travel around, it's not the same. I mean, it's, it's got to be show. nice, right, to have a home base? Yeah, because it feels like a show. Yeah. Makes it easier. Can I give you my um, assessment of you right in this moment? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, go for it. You asshole. <laughs> you seem the best you've ever been. Am I, I off? Am. You, you seem it. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm really happy. Yeah. Yeah, things are really good. Things are really good because of what I was telling you with the all the positive f- feedback from the book and from that that article. It uh, it rivals uh, when I first got a really good deal at Sirius when I did really good on the Stern Show. Like these these days where I remember and I go, "Holy shit, dude! You this is like uh, 
no one would have expected that you could do this. Like you're really helping people. You don't, you're not really educated or mm. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I have no degree at all. I'm so far away from a degree. It's insane. Same. <clears throat> but I've managed to, from my honesty and from my really weird, I, I mean, I, I don't even have a problem. I think it's a little bit of a weird lifestyle and being open about it, it has made people feel less guilty about their existence. So it's a big deal to me. You know, you read your new book, Still Awesome. And and I, I remember, I mean, the first hundred pages are basically like your entire backstory, your childhood, and then the last few years with, you know, your relationship with your ex-wife and whatnot. And you're literally a fucking phoenix. Like, despite having so much challenges to overcome it's like no matter what it seems like you rise and i i feel like oprah saying that but it it seems like no matter what life throws at you you are incapable of laying down um i don't know about that i mean i'm pretty lucky you know like i've had a a lot of reasons to keep fighting my shrink told me yesterday (laughs) to stop saying that because i say the same thing okay i was with my 10 month old or 11 month old son yesterday with my hot wife, who's got a great family, yes. and I got some fucking scratch in the bank. I'm doing okay, Ellis. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best way to add it up. Got it. Got it. And I said to my shrink, I was like, I don't deserve this. I can't believe how fulfilled I felt watching my kid crawl across a gym floor. Yeah. And he's like, stop saying that. He's like, you really, really do. And he's known me since I was 16 and knows what I've been through. He's like, you have fucking been through so much. And while I can appreciate that and I, I, I do know on some level, like, I've gone through some shit, I'm the same as you. Like, I do feel that at times of, like, I can't believe it all worked out in my favor because a guy like me shouldn't be in a position like this. Right. Yep. Right? That's definitely how I feel, for sure. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> since I... It was the the first wave was being successful in the radio show in the first place. So when that worked, the feeling I got, I think that built built confidence for me to uh, really think that I could actually help somebody. Mm. And then that became more of a quest to me because I I mean I don't do I don't make that much money. I actually could do with a little bit more, quite frankly. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I want enough to buy this house. I don't want to, I, like, I'm still on this, I had to, I had like a, you know I mean, ex, I had a divorce and sure. all these things that I bounced back from, but I never got, I don't have enough money to buy this house and I want to have a thing where I'm like, okay, I have that, mm. you know, for the kids or whatever, even they're pretty sad, but still, I want that and that's not, I don't have that in the budget. You're close. I am close. If yeah. the book did really well, that would be the one that would do, that would do it, but, but that's the, but as, apart from that, I'm, I'm on fire compared to what I really thought I would wind up like. So I, and it never really made me that happy. I, yeah. I, got, I had, I got a really good car. It does make me happy. I've done burnouts in other cars that I had in the past that were really fast that I couldn't believe I could afford. But it didn't, it's not the same as, um, uh, I, I, it's this I've found accidentally. This is accidentally. I found a spot where I can I can help people and they can get back to me and say, "Holy shit, man! Like I was gonna kill myself." And I'm like, "What? What do you mean?" He's like, yeah. "People, you know, I don't want to tell anybody the things that's going through my head." And then that makes me forget. I forgot, man, because I did a lot of drinking, and, and I think it had a lot to do with it. I didn't want to 
analyze some of the things that I'd done. Because yeah. I thought, well, if I really think about it, you're probably gay. Because that's as, as deep as my mind went on the whole situation. If you did anything with a guy, you were gay. So I had to like just not think about it for 20 years. Do you think that, you know, it's interesting in your book where you talked about how when it first started sort of becoming or like getting out to your friends that you were gay and or at least maybe had a tendency. And this you said it was in the 90s. And in the 90s, if someone said that about you, that equaled bad. It was a bad thing. Like if Jason Ellis today, you're in your 20s and it's 2019. Do you think you deal with that same level of pressure and and judgment or no no because there's a new there's a different wave of understanding now but it's more it's more a group everyone sort of understands that even if you don't like it you can't freak out about it anymore Mm. so you're not going to hear too much in your face kind of stuff and if i was in the top three in the world things just are okay if you're the top three in the world you kind of just, yeah. they just let you. I would I would assume at this point, if I was top three in the world now and I came out, I don't think too much would, I think I'd get a lot of positive. You'd be an if, inspiration. Right. So it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be as difficult. I just feel like all the things that I'm into, it's weird because I, I really like burnouts and jumping cars and bikes and fighting and shooting guns and tons of tattoos and tons of, I really like women too much. And uh, I also like this other part that, People think, well, you're not supposed to do both. And I'm like, why not? Why, why can't a, like, I'm bi, but why can't a gay guy be the best boxer in the world? And what makes you think that that hasn't already happened? It for but sure has, right? I, I was talking to my therapist about it. He's like, he, he's like I'm, I'm not going to tell you because it's, you know, not, it's illegal. But do you think I haven't had people in here that are professional athletes from all different sports that are sleeping with trans people? He's like there's I I know many I have met many in my in my years and it's like but no one's telling anybody you would never tell or this I already this athletes big name boxers I I know have yes. big time actors that have but they can't ever bring it up because you have this uh, image that I don't really care for I, I mean I made myself look tough because. I'm a terrified little boy and I'm here. I'm, I look like this to protect me. I wasn't trying to get a pat on the back for it. Like it's a different thing. So it's like, man, you're a badass. That never made me, f- that's never made me feel good. Yeah. Ellis is crazy. I'm like, well, I am. Um, I got kids. I, mean, I do do some crazy things, but they're, they're kind of calculated. Like I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I, I just want people to, if, if you do what I do, you like what I do. Who cares if you like a guy as well? Or a trans person, or whoever, it needs to it needs to stop with the it's awkward or I don't understand it on both sides. By the way, the gay community, how can you be bi? I'm like, how can I be bi? How can you be gay? Right. About all the years where nobody understood you, and now you're saying you don't understand me for being half you. Like, are you? But that happens. That it's not that bad. It doesn't bother me. It's just, I guess it does. Like, I don't take offense to it, but I I, I worry for the world and I worry for all the 17 year old me's out there that hear this in conversation here on the side of the football field or in the alleyway at school and someone's like, you know, I ain't for, you know, fag this, fag that. Like, and they're like, okay, mental note, don't tell anybody that you are attracted to anybody but chicks because oh, they'll wants bury that? you. 
Yes, 100%. And as a drug addict who in turn has been substituted sex for his addiction, I can totally appreciate the idea of doubling the playing field. Like if you are bi, everything is up for grabs. Yep, just like in the Living Color song. <laughs> that sounds outstanding. It can be. I feel like I I have because I've been doing a press lately about it and I have no, I noticed that I haven't brought up that um I yes, I can do pretty much anything I want to, but it's it's with permission from my wife. Like whoever is going anywhere near me, she knows you. Like she's yeah. seen you. I want to ask about that, but before I I must ask why do why do bisexual people I feel like they take the most hate and shade is it, <laughs> you think is it yeah oh for from both sides is it because everyone's like pick a side you fucking ambivalent bastard hate is a rough you know, I feel you know some people they get really angry somebody dm not dm somebody just said on a, on my wife's instagram this morning you let your man take shit up the ass that relationship's got like not going to last and I'm like first of all address me don't be some dude addressing my wife about shit like that. And then people talk about my kids or something. I'm just like, man, it's it's only because you don't understand it, you know? Mm. Like, it, it, it might actually be coming from a nice place. You really think that it is ruining everything. But it's, I mean, we've been together for eight years. What the fuck are you talking about? It's never, I've never been happier. And you got into it. I mean, she knew everything coming into from it, right? From the start. Is from that the start. most important part? It's everything to me. I didn't, I, I was, I have, I've done all, I've seen everybody. I see, I've seen therapists, I've gone to doctors, I've been up and down, drugs and, and in real good places, real bad places, but they've always, it's always been, uh, no matter what, no matter how good a place I'm in, I can just be dark as hell for no reason for a couple of days. It's your default. That's, that's what I would call it. Yeah, sure. It's mine too. But... You know, there's all these things that you do to help yourself, you know, and, and you know, because you're in the same thing as me. <laughs> if you meditate, if you eat right, if ah, you get sleep. You who's know, got all these, time for that? God damn it. But you know, if you add all, if you do all those things, you have less potential of being that guy. Yes. To me, because it's, because I have had that image where I don't want anyone to think that I wouldn't be anything more than, um, you know, a, an athlete and a you know, a fucking hero. So somebody can, you know, look at me, dad, or some shit. I don't know what the hell this reason was in the first place, but yeah. to be a hero. And then, you know, and then realizing that some of the things that are, that, that I am are not very heroic in this, in this world, but, but it's just, it's like, but it's still me. And I just try to be like, no, I just pretend that that's not me. And, I'm, and, and you think that's not a big deal until you're 48 and you're, you finally sort of realize who you are in the last like five or six years. Then you start admitting it to people. Then you, then it comes back at you when you admit it to people. You start reanalyzing it like, holy shit, I really am this guy. And it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. People were like, what are your kids? And I'm like, yeah, I know. My son is only 10. He doesn't know. He's going to know. Some yeah. dickhead at school will probably tell him first, knowing the way the world goes. And he's going to be super bummed out about it. And we're going to have to have a big talk about it. And he could go one way or the other on it too. And I'm ready for it. Worst case scenario, he could be like, it's 
fucked up. You know, how could you do that to us? And I'm like, okay, well, I haven't done anything to you. Right. Still your dad. Nothing changed. And like five minutes ago when you didn't know, was I still your dad? So now that you know that, how did I do something wrong? Katie knows. Everybody agrees to everything. And this is what I am. There's like gay people out there. Do you want them to not be gay because it makes you uncomfortable? I'm like, it's what I am. And if you're older and you are, whatever the hell you are, and I'm not here, you fucking be you, dude. Like, don't answer to anybody. Like, it do sounds you. Like, it sounds like you've sort of practiced this conversation Yeah, because it's, my, it's the only piece of the puzzle left to me. Like, I feel like I am me. I got that out. And I can tell every day I talk about it, even this, it makes me happier. Like, um. It, yeah, it's like you might frown, like millions of people might frown upon it. I'm on the radio. Lots of people hear me now, you know, like, and, and you can have a bunch of opinions about it, but I, I, I'm very proud of it. You know, like it's hard, still hard to say that, but I am, and I fucking should be because I'm born this way. How, it's not a bad thing. How quickly into when you start dating your wife, do you tell her about, you know, reveal well, first all couple of days. you? Yeah. First couple of days when she was in the apartment. I lived in a little single bedroom apartment in Santa Monica right after I got divorced. So, um, and you're on the radio. You've on been the radio, on radio. Still working my ass off. Depressed as hell though, because the divorce just from being it was right when I did a got a really good deal on the radio. Made money. Lived moved to Beverly Hills. Rented a big fucking house with a pool. Man, kids. You know what I mean? The life. Ever had a jet ski? I was living I, it. A jet ski is the fucking sign it, it, of opulence and wealth. That's what I took photos of and put on Instagram. Look at me. I made it. You Anyone know? that has any sort of ATV, watercraft. Agreed. Because <laughs> no, it's completely it's unnecessary. It's like the little boy found her way out. You know, yes. he could go. He's victorious. But, uh, but you know, in my, in my day-to-day private life... <laughs> my wife was not happy with living in a house with me and I didn't like living in a house with her. So that's a big problem. <clears throat> I just think good life sponsored by sea Yeah, No, they get, dude, even sea, they suck. But even those, you can get out in the ocean completely by yourself. Nobody can see you. And if you're coming, you can see them coming. Yes. Because you're on your own little fucking island. And you're so wild. You're fucking pulling full throttle, aren't you? I go. Bana- you- I was going bananas out there. A lot of times I would just sit on the, lie on the back of it and float out there by myself because it was, Yeah. you knew you were by yourself. Yeah, it's like sensory deprivation chamber. Every now and then a seal would say hello to me. That's about it. Fuck, I would shit myself. What? So. But you- I had the, that's all right. I had the trans, I had a trans. <clears throat> what's the catalog thing, the calendar. And she saw it in the kitchen. She's like, whoa, trans girls? She's like, you into trans girls? And I was like, maybe. <clears throat> she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I think it's so fucking hot. Are you lying? And I'm like, okay, no, I'm not lying. Because now I feel like Yeah, you give me the green light. I'll show you how much I'm into trans yeah, girls. Like, actually, I'm, I'm fully into them. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, what about, like, would you sleep with a guy? And I was like, mm, yeah, like, I do some things with a guy, sure. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so hot. <gasps> and then she told her friends. <clears throat> and then her friends thought it was hot. And then that sort of allowed me to joke with it a little bit every now and then. Because hmm. it was in a safe environment where I knew nobody was going to attack me for it. And then... Just got confident with it. Made me feel better about myself. I don't even really... It took me a while to realize it, you know, because it's not instantaneous, but I think I just got happier about knowing there was at least three people I knew on the planet that didn't think that I was offensive. They actually thought I was, like, more attractive. I believed them, too. 
So once that happened, <clears throat> that's why this is important. So it just takes one person. If you trust them or if you believe them and you're like, wait, it's not that bad. Mm. No, it's not. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I am. If you ask me, I am. The difference is, you know, I got a radio show. So there's all these other people that are going to know instantaneously. But also, I'm on the radio, man. I don't have a lot of friends. I talk all day, and when, I, when I'm done talking, I switch off. I like watching fights. I like hanging out with my wife, fucking talking to my cats. I don't want to like, yeah, let's go out. And, you know, I mean, to me, it's like, oh, God, I'm going to have a serious conversation again. I don't know how you could sustain that. I mean, Stern is the most famous for like literally the time that the radio's over. He's going to doing transcendental meditation. What else does he do, though? That's my thing. Well, yeah. When you're like, if I don't do this, I will fucking die. Yeah. 35 years. He's like Imus. You can tell. Those guys are going to go until they're dead. And now with that fucking schedule, Ellis. I mean, three days a week. I know. I I tried to get on there this year. They were like, so there's no more room. We don't even have that many days left. And I was like, I don't think you're lying. (laughs) That's a good life. It is a good life. Right? I mean... Dude, talking on the radio is a good life. The greatest illusion that that Stern has been able to keep up is this idea of his everyman image, when truly he's about as 1% as it gets. Yeah, but he did come from something, and then he made himself that. And then when you are that, what are you supposed to do? You know, like, go hang out in alleyways so you can keep it real or whatever? Like, I get get he's saying, and he's older. I changed my thing. Like, people are like, man, I liked it when you used to do uh, Do To My Slut, you know? And I'm like... Yeah, I get it. It was funny, and you know, girls are going, "I sucked two cocks in the back of an alley," and I'm like, "What if I could slot?" Whoa, you know, and we're all laughing. And now I'm like, "Eh," you know, if that girl called, I'd be like, "Man, you should really not do that." Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Maybe just people, one, people one might up. end up raping you. You know, like, I got older, <laughs> I got wiser, and I got like, yeah, I don't know what whatever you want to call it. If you want to call me a pussy and change the channel, do it. But I'm not going to lie to what I think, like. Yeah. I, at one point, I thought Due to My Slap was very funny. Now, it's a bit cringy. Look, you like the old me because you're still the old you. And I fucking have to live my life by that because people are obsessed with the image of what I was as a teenager. Right. But it's also because people marry themselves to an image of who you are when they're introduced. Right. When they initially fall in love. Right. Which was a big jolt for the Jason Ellis show. This right. Is, and this is all my fault, too. Like, I've talked to the staff. You know, I was concerned about I'm going to take a hit in popularity and maybe even financially, but I don't want you guys to, you know, and, and that, and I, it's almost a lie because I did know something from the start. I just didn't really think about it. And when I was married with kids, there was no way that I was getting involved in anything. So let it just let it go. But since it's come out, it's like, dude, you said that you were in Australia and you did burnouts and set fire to things. And now you're sucking dicks. That ain't cool, dude. And like, burnouts, dicks and burn, burnouts. Yeah, well, they think that, yeah, all of the a sudden they don't book, like burnouts. The fourth book. No. <laughs> I think it might be done. <laughs> what, what are the ground rules to an open relationship or your open relationship? Oh, uh, Katie would say communication. I'm really bad at it, but because um, I don't, I want to do a lot of stuff. And if I'm like asking her, can I go over to so and so's house? And then, you know, the next day, can I go to so-and-so's house? It's like, come on. Do you need to to go all the time? And I'm like, I don't need to do anything. I just, because I can, I got myself a pretty cool routine here. Like, I really like, 
the things that I get up to. <laughs> What's not to like, Jason? <laughs> I don't. I mean, some people. I get how some people wouldn't want to do it, but to me, it's like I don't know. Get to play a song, or you know, like something. It's like a you know, get a good workout, or it's like a real. It's a fun thing that I like to do, and I'm like, if everyone's on board with this and nobody gets hurt, I you can't tell me how I'm in the wrong. So I need your advice, not for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for I have friends and. They are in relationships, and I feel as though right now we're in sort of a renaissance of open relationships. Like, it's become more... It is changing, huh? It is. And especially with, like, Aubrey and people like that, even though inevitably that didn't necessarily work. But he was super transparent about it. Yeah. But so now we have, like, sort of these figures in successful open relationships. Mm. So all my friends that are toying with it or are in it, here's my issue. (laughs) It's never the result of a successful relationship for them in the sense of it's never things were going great. And then I turned to my wife and said, you know what we should do to level up? Fuck other people. Yeah. It's always a result of we couldn't fucking stand each other. Right. We were at the precipice of divorce. Right. And our last thought was, let's open this yeah. thing up and yeah, see what happens. You're already thinking about sleeping with other people anyway. Why not give it a go? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not. It's hard. It's really hard. Yes. Like it's it's extra weight and baggage and it can cause fights and, and and flare emotions and if you're younger and I mean I'm older and I'm secure. I know she loves me, but I'm still if she sleeps with guys and they're texting each other, it pisses me off if if some chick starts texting me last night somebody texts me that's Somebody she knows, I know her. You know, what I mean, she's a friend of mine. Sometimes we hang out, mm. and she was texting me last night. And she's like, "Oh, you're not going to look at that right now?" And I'm like, "No, I'm watching Netflix with you." And she's like, "You never want to pick it up when I'm sitting next to you." And I'm like, I'm "That p- is a that is a thing, you know, like that's yeah. a that's a a problem that I have caused by this situation. We live with it because we just know, and it's like an emotion that we both have. We're both, you know." insecure, secure, we both are emotional people. So she goes, oh, you know, you're not looking at it right now. I go, I know, I know, I'm a fucking asshole. But it's not tomorrow we're going to be, we woke up this morning and everything's fine. Mm. It's just, this. it's going to come my way. It's It's been a real long stretch where it's been all my way lately. But it's coming because this is the way it is. There's going to be a guy. They're going to like each other. Does it ever hurt? Fuck yeah. I bet Almost every time for me, I'm <laughs> terrible. She's a thousand. She's so much better because I my sexual appetite is more than hers. So you know, she might be like, oh, "I'm sore," or, or you know, I mean, I feel a bit sick, or I feel a bit run down. I'm. I don't know. There's not much that can make where I feel where I can't get a blowjob. I'm just. <laughs> I, I, I could just always go. I jerk off when I have food poisoning. Does it help? A hundred percent. Really? It's like the only reprieve from it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I see that. Somehow in the middle of like throwing up, I'm laying in bed. (laughs) I'm like, the only way to make this better is to jerk off. (laughs) 
Man, the initial start of that's got to be tough. I can't believe it. Jerking off in pain. It's tough. It's, you know what? It almost is always. I have to remember that though. I, feel free to try it. I Yeah, because I'm the same way. I can't believe how many things get my wife out of the mood. Right, right. And how few things get because me out of the mood. Because it's more of a mental thing. They need things, they need to get lubricated yeah. and get aroused mentally before you just go chucking things in there. And for us, we could just chuck things in there. So yeah. it's like, I might, I might have a bit of a headache. You know what I mean? Blah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not going to stop me. So it's a little unfair, which, which, because right now it's, and the, all those, the articles, there's so many gay people that are hitting me up right now. It's very flattering and it's a lot of compliments, but a lot, a lot of crazy amounts of dick pics and stuff. It's getting crazy. It's so just so violent. Like a, just a big throbbing dick. It's because we are. It's because we are. And that's like half the, Fun with sleeping with a guy, like like my wife and I, when we hook up, not all the time, but most of the time, you know, we're very passionate and 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 we don't care what we look like when we're doing it. We're doing it, and a lot of people are more uptight when it comes to that stuff. And a lot of guys that are, <clears throat> you know, in that, you know, in this, in these scenarios are really, really into it. Mm. Like you ever heard the thing, like, what's it, how do you, how do you make, uh, how do, how do you like blow somebody really well? And I'm like, well, what's the technique? And I'm like, if she really wants to, that's going to be a good blow job. A hundred percent. doesn't matter what hand thing you do or whatever, but if she's like, I can't wait to suck your dick. That's probably going to end up being pretty good. So most of the time, these guys are not, you know, like if, if every guy's hopefully lucky enough where they met a girl and they really liked them and they really like to blow their man. And you have received one of these blowjobs where your girlfriend or your wife was really on it and you were like, holy shit, was that not one of the greatest things that happened in my life? Life-changing. Right. Well, these dudes, oftentimes it's almost all of them because they're all thinking about like, you know what I want more than anything in my life? <laughs> It's to suck this guy off right now. It's just what it seems like anyway. So to me, some of these, you know, as long as you're not doing it behind anyone's back, that's when you're, that's when it's different. But if you're, if you're single or you're in an open relationship where you're allowed to be there, it's just a fantasy I've always wanted to, I wanted to be involved where everybody was really into it and it was more than one person. Yeah. In the gay community, they, they thrive in that. They're the champions of this. Well, I guess it's it's primordial because out it's built in us to just spread our seed and move on to the next. Yep. And so when we find someone who can mirror that, you know, all hands on deck. But I remember distinctly, and I don't know, I'm gonna fucking I can always edit this out. But I uh, I was doing a TV show with with John Stamos, mm. and he invited me to this party, this like big fancy Hollywood party that I had no business being at. You are not editing this out. <laughs> <laughs> I, the radio man just came out in you. It's going to be on my show if it's not on this show. <laughs> and I remember that I went to the party with him and and uh, Kevin Spacey was there. Hmm. And I had sort of heard, you know. Oh, okay. Through friends over the years that like he likes young dudes. Oh, okay. Yeah. You knew way before I'd heard the from, acting world knew yeah because at that time like in my 20s so I'm friends with other like 20 year old oh, actors. oh and they were like dudes. watch out 
they were like, I've, you're his demo. I've been in some weird positions where, like, I felt like he came on to me. Oh shit! Yeah, and twenty though, right? Twenties, yeah, definitely age of consent right. and above. <laughs> it makes a big difference to me. Oh fuck! Like if that guy's just like if Hollywood knew that he was looking for people that were under eighteen, I'd be like. Fuck all of you. Burn like, it down. Yeah. You yeah. can't let him walk around with, oh, look, watch out for Kevin. Here he comes. Yeah. Everybody underage in the room, like, what? Yeah, he's fucking, he, like, he's fucking 16 year olds, but God, American Beauty is good. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, everybody. No good. But, you know, he was just looking for so I'm there, young guys. Yeah. And it was sort of like known that either he had, you know, come on to some guys pretty aggressively or what have you. And then I just remember meeting him. And I'm, you know, and Stamos introduces me. And I felt a look like I have never experienced from a person. And it really, it truly gave me insight to the way that many women must feel all the time. Yeah. It was utterly predatory. Yeah. And I felt like he was looking through me so much so that I I got the fuck out of there. It's probably for the best. Yeah. And granted, uh, eventually when we met in the bathroom, it was great. But, well, no, oh my god! I was like, "Holy no, shit!" <laughs> so he had plans. See, that's. But it was it. It was interesting, crazy. right? It's a little. Uh, I, I mean, look, I it ha- It's different for me because of the way I look, but it's still because I look so straight. Guys are a lot of the gay community are really into that. So whenever I go to the spas and stuff like that, there are a lot of people that look at me like that. It's, if there's people that have done things, like reached out and grabbed me, and I and I've like. Smack, slap their arm or whatever, and go. What are you fucking crazy? And they're they're like, what? And I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna explain it, but you didn't even get eye contact off me. You just grabbed my ass in the locker room. Like, what world are we in, man? Like, so there's those there's people that are like, what? It's not just all on everywhere at all times. I had a guy think jer- that. I had a guy jerk off next to me in the Equinox sauna, dude. Everybody. I don't understand. There's places where you can go. There's apps that show you like where it's accepted and where it isn't. Meetups. And, and, and but these like Voda Spa. Whenever if someone if it happens there, I'm like, you are you have a death wish. It's like, coed. And there's it's a Russian spa that I Russian go to mob. That's like yeah, there's Armenians and Russians in there. And if you jerk <laughs> off on one of those dudes, you're fucking dead. <laughs> dead. And I'm like, somebody did it to me while Katie was in the pool. No, I came out because he started doing it. I'm like. Because it's super steamy in there, and I'm like, I can hear something, and I'm like, wait, wait we're in voter spots, so that's fucking impossible. Because it's co-ed. Yeah, and I lean over, and I'm like, oh my god. Uh, and I come out, and Katie's about to walk in, I'm like, maybe don't go in there. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, guy jerking off at me. She's like, no. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Why does it always happen to you? And I'm like, I don't know, but only one time in voter spot have I ever seen that. I did find that interesting while reading the book. You're a sex magnet. I've never experienced such a thing. Men, women, animals, they all want animals. you, Alice. Man, easy. <laughs> no, like... <laughs> See, that's not true. There's just a type that likes me because it's not... I'm not like a... I mean, I'm pretty chewed up. It's just like, look, it's like a tough thing. You have a superpower and I've met men <laughs> who have... <laughs> full of shit. <laughs> you do. You, and you know what? Because... 
I know that I'm not a bad looking dude, but I don't have that. I don't, and I've, you know, had some great times with some great people, but I don't put out that energy. I will put. (laughs) I don't put out that energy where it's like at any given time I could be at a party and lock eyes with someone. And it's maybe that's happened one out of 10 times. It sounds like it's happening for you more like seven out of 10. Yeah, but that's all I'll usually get. What do you mean? Like, that's what I'm good for. It's I look. Everybody looks at my wife like that. I bet because she's covered in tattoos. So you think she's a whore? You ah. think she's into sex more because any girl that has tattoos from head to toe must be. This is an assumption that oftentimes you might be right, but that still doesn't mean it's it's right. It's like sometimes you see, you know, some guys act weird around girls that dress sleazy. Maybe she's just really hot and she likes wearing sleazy clothes and she actually has no interest in any of you looking at her because you know those people exist. Whether it's fair or not, it still exists. It just, I look like, it's a weird thing where I found people that are, uh, that live my lifestyle sometimes look like me. Like they just don't talk about it. But a lot of guys that have too many tattoos, they'll, they'll, they'll play this game. It's like a... Must be like a um, less concern for other people's things, or other people's opinions or something. I'm not really sure how it works, but I've seen a couple of guys that date trans girls. And I'm like, whoa, that guy has as many tattoos as me. So you're like a conquest, like an experience. <clears throat> I think so. I mean, to, to uh, dude, being, being, I don't know how you get cold straight when you're in a spa where everybody's jerking each other off, but... That's what you get referred to. So yeah. when I walk down there, and I'm doing all right, and that's people like I'm uncut. Gay people like uncut. Why? I don't fucking know, dude. I, I'm 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 you. It's just different. I'm you getting the fucking. I'm in there going, oh yeah, why? <laughs> right. Because everyone, oh god, I love uncut, and I'm like, why does everyone keep saying that? Just different. I don't know why. And, and they'll always know. They think that I'm from a different country because usually, if you are uncut, you are. So they usually they go, oh, so where? What country are you from? I'm like, what? Because they, they know. They know the way this, what dicks, like they can read a dick where, what country it comes from. That's a Toledo dick. <laughs> I don't know if they can get to see it, but they can, get, they can get pretty close. Dicks from Bakersfield. So, wait, so, uh, but even you talk about in the book, like when you were a teenager, no tattoos, pretty like, I mean, I've seen pictures of you when you were younger, angelic, like your mom's friends were throwing it at you. <laughs> So you obviously it is a, you, have an You know energy. what? There is a wow. That is crazy because the the sad part is there was a few people that were sleeping with me when I was underage that were you know parents and there was some my parents' best friends that slept with me when I was sixteen. One of them, and then another girl that was twenty six that worked at the skate shop. She slept with me when I was sixteen. So there was there was definitely a lot of. Big, real hot chick too. It's ridiculous that she did that, and I was in love with her. But as a child, you know what I mean. I was a fucking sixteen. I think I was maybe just turned sixteen, and she worked at the skate shop, and she was in the front part for the clothing area. Yeah, and it was just like this. I was like, I'm going to go to dinner with her. And everyone was like, Yeah, right. And she took me to dinner because I don't have any fucking money. I was a fucking baby. So it's always been those kind of things, I guess, that has happened. And then, you know, with therapy, I was getting people back. That's like at one point I was sleeping with a lot of guys just to get my control back is what he called it because mm. they they took your control. You had no choice. in the, You thought you did, but you weren't old enough. And now 
you're looking to take the power back. So you look for people. That's why it used to be anybody could get it. <clears throat> I'd go to the spa and it, <laughs> you can pull him off if you know it. My cat fucking loves to be in the mix, man. Alice's hairless cat is on my lap. and being He's on the book cover. Horrible. That's how he got on the cover of the book. He climbed up my leg and just started hanging out. Wow. He's, a, he's a barger. Do you, do you ever track, and I was thinking about this, that here you are, you have this incredibly challenging adolescence, and then the universe hands you being the top three vert skaters in the world. And then you transition out of that and skating doesn't necessarily work and you're dealing with drugs and alcohol, but then the radio comes. And then you're dealing with maybe perhaps your marriage doesn't work out, but then you get Katie in this whole new life of like we were talking about being a bi-con, a bi-icon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being bi-con. I got to get that t-shirt. That's so sick. Isn't that – but it's like this weird sort of – universal balance right like with every tough hand you're handed you're also given this incredible opportunity in wow interesting way. yeah well well that you know that is because i can tell with the when i started coming out the show didn't look like feel to me like it was gaining po- popularity and my social medias were not growing for a while and i thought well here we go here comes the next uh like rug taken from underneath me yeah because the, shoe, is, the is, other shoes yeah dropping. and and i'm already and in the last year maybe longer i have been uh working on a bunch of other stuff and hustling for where people are like what do you mean dude like the radio show's fine like you're the biggest show on the channel and i'm like i don't fucking know that for sure and don't you have your own channel now no, no, I was supposed to, but it's not really mine. It's more I share it with other people. Okay. Which is fine by me. I'm so sick of I was trying to copy Howard right. at the start. You know, it just sounded cool to be in charge of everything and look out, here he comes. Yeah. And then I just like, fuck, how do what so eventually like everyone can kiss my ass and never disagree with me and I can just like float around like a golden god. Like I don't actually want that. Like I don't sounded good, but now if I now that you know I have a big show, I don't don't fucking lie to me like don't if i suck i suck don't mm. i don't need anybody around me that's like man you look great today and i'm like man i look like shit today don't fucking spin that on me so i i, I don't need all that extra stuff and since i've realized that i've been even that's another reason why i've been happier with going to work because it's not you know what i mean am i the biggest show i don't know i don't fucking care i haven't asked you know, if I saw an email from uh, two days ago. My bosses emailing each other about how great Jason is, <clears throat> how great he's been for the show, uh, like ever since he started, all the people he's helped. Everywhere he goes, it seems like he keeps helping people. And I'm like, this means more to me than anything. Knowing that this email wasn't even supposed to go to me, and I'm seeing this guy that I wasn't even sure he was that much of a fan, saying, you know, the guy's a fucking talent. Like everywhere he goes, he just keeps helping. So it's a you know, like a miracle worker, like the, I'm getting <laughs> blessed over here by corporate. And I'm like, you know, I don't even, I don't even care if that turns out to be, oh my God, <laughs> financially better. I just, do you want me to get him? No, I'm you good. sure? <laughs> no, his, his claws stick. I know. He's fucking running you right now. <laughs> so funny. Keep Lee. Don't kill me. Um, oh, he's India. Do you feel a certain level of job security? Like, no. Do you finally feel enough? God, no. Alice. For- <laughs> <laughs> no. God damn it. I want you to. I, You know, man, everybody buy that book. <laughs> God damn it. I know. I don't. 
I think, you know what? I feel like this contract, because next year my three-year contract will be up, and this would uh, I'm lying. I feel like if they give me a, you know, hey, man, things are good. Here's a raise. Fucking let's do another three years. You're going to do it. I, I would go, okay. All right. All right. You're pretty solid. This has been like, this will be, fi- that'll be 15 years That's at the company. You're getting raises every time you make a deal. Right. You should be, you're good. You're good. But what? if it isn't. If it's like, hey, man, like it's good. We just want to keep it here. I'll be like, what do you mean you want to keep it here? Like you one know, more year. You ain't going to bump it up? What the fuck? Yeah. No, it's Jason L's show. That's we go up every it. time, baby. What's up? Yeah. I will be, that will shake me. I will start to think that it's over. Especially because you know Satellite's doing, I mean, it's doing better Give than ever, right? Cat. <laughs> Jim, stop <laughs> harassing. I'll take any sort of affection. Do you, is there a level of like, like you're steering the ship, right? Like every morning you walk in, you're walking into the Jason Ellis show and you've got your dudes and it's this team, but for better or for worse. And I mean like Tully, Dingo, like everyone is, they're incredible contributors, but to a certain extent you're the captain of the ship. And is there a feeling of like, you can't really have a bad day, right? Yeah. Captain of the ship. I don't know about that. I mean, in the end I get the final word, I guess, but it's more these days is, they build a show. You know, I mean, I obviously have something to do with it, but they put it, they do the prep, and then I come in and wing it. Yeah, you know, tell like me. I got some some stuff written down. If I have an idea and I want to start a conversation, then I will. But usually, I try to like blank my head out and say, you know, let's get somebody else to say something that triggers a conversation. To you, I'm fascinated by this, and I do. Uh, no bullshit. I think your team is incredible like kevin and will everybody like contributes and and i know because i'm a fan of talk radio um do you find that you need to sort of go into they call it a fugue state right it's Hmm. like um it's like meditation in motion Mm -hmm. that you can't be bogged down with whatever's going on outside the world you have to clear your head fuck you and that's when you're best yeah yeah, that's, I mean, that's those things where they try to, there was a long time there, it was like, just keep Jason happy and the show will be good. Mm. And I used to go along with that. I'm like, yeah, just keep me happy and the show will be good. And then that's one of those stern moments where I'm like, wait, like you all have to keep me happy? So that means like at all costs? So don't be you? Mm. And then, you know, I've also, to me, the show used to be different. It used to be me by myself. Now there's like a bunch of people there that I feed off and, and vice versa. So to really completely let go, I don't do that anymore because it's always a conversation with others. Sometimes I get a little wrapped up by myself, but I got to throw it back. You know, like it's, yeah. it's a, it's a team now. I'm just different with the, I, I don't, like people can ask questions if there's a guest there, like the rest of the guys can do whatever the fuck they want. If they want to talk over me, go ahead. It's not my show. It's our show. Is there, is there something nice about the baseball aspect of it? Is that there's so many games in the season that even if you feel like, ah, Monday show wasn't the best, but here we go Tuesday. Yeah. There's yeah, always another that. show. But still bad show kills me. Does it? Fuck yeah. 15 years later, you still bring it home with you? Yeah. I hate that. What constitutes a bad show? Um, bunch of fuck ups. If, if everyone just fucks, if if I feel like no one prepped and and nothing's working, or the studio's broken, or 
I the worst one is if I think that I did a bad interview or if I just had a bad day, being sad and then doing a sad radio show mm. and then being sad about doing a sad radio show, oh, fuck. spiraling. That's happened several times. So those ones are the if someone if I get in a fight with somebody, I don't like that. Even though usually it seems like everyone loves those ones, I fucking hate that. Why? Because you don't like that side of yourself? I don't like, yeah, that. Uh, well, I never, it's never, a little bit has. Like, uh, you know, at one time I thought somebody was going to punch me. And I was, <clears throat> um, Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> and, I, and I just stopped talking. And I, and I was, I mean, I'm like, well, I don't, everything's changed. I'm not on the radio anymore. If you punch me, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. You would kill Andrew Dice Clay. I don't care about that but, but he, 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 he could tell he was like I've, been, I've fucking met plenty of tough guys and, and then afterwards I'm I like, met plenty of tough guys his kids were in the green room like we got in a fight because I said his kids band was bad like it was all bad <laughs> I'm not happy or proud about any of that so you know I liked that guy as a performer or whatever so yeah, I felt terrible after that like that day the next day people were like man that was the most awesome thing ever and I'm like eh Man, when you just said that that bad, you know what I mean? And he started going off. I'm like, yeah. I wish if he had gone off, I could have like been more. Pivoted. I just don't, yeah, like just to get, there's a certain amount of push that you can give me where I just, I go back to, oh, okay, well, we're going to fucking fight. It's quick for me. Because it's usually, it's a, it'll nullify shit. You know what I mean, if you're poking around too much and I'm like, hey man, why don't you fucking watch your mouth? Like usually they'll watch their mouth. So it's just an old Australian thing. He stood up over the table and I was like, oh. Yeah. And then I had no more Not jokes. Not in my house. I had no anything. And that was embarrassing because to go to fisticuffs with Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> in front of his children because you said you didn't like his band. Well, for whatever he said to you, that's ridiculous, dude. Like, you're fucking better than that. And I wasn't. It's you so... Know? I'm still not. You can still do enough to me where I go, hey, man, you know fucking we can do it right now if you want to what what do you mean you can do what are you gonna do you're gonna fight people you idiot but andrew i i wonder for you right because you are and i'm not i I know you're not in quotes a professional fighter but you are i actually am i I mean you are a professional fighter Sure, i'm undefeated (laughs) google me (laughs) two and oh baby but like But you train every day. You're a legitimate tough guy. Like in the sense of you could probably against 98% of the world hold your own, right? Yeah. And and yet I love the way you carry yourself, which is like – because obviously like we used to go to the same boxing gym. I know a lot of guys that are professional badasses and they all carry themselves in the same way, which is like please God don't make me ever use this skill of mine. Because yeah, on a normal person, well. you're – you're fucking hitting people with bats, man. So do you... Like, do you ever, you ever hit anybody with a baseball bat? You'd have to be pretty enraged, wouldn't you? Yeah. Right. So that's where I think it is. Like, you argue with me on the freeway. I'm like, shut up, idiot. But do you if hate... You cut, like, if you actually cut me off and got out of the car, I'm like, oh, great. Like, how's this work out good for me? Like, I'll get out and then I'll knock you out and then police come and... Like, let's say his jaws shattered or he hits his head on the ground and fucking dies or goes into a coma. Yeah. Like, I'm not a, do- I'm not a doctor of punching. Like, damn it, Rick. Now I have to make you forget third grade. <laughs> it's not. It's not <laughs> see, I feel like maybe there were, 
okay, you're right. Because with training and being hit and hitting back, that's not cool to say that. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking erase your memory for a couple of years. As a guy that's been hit so hard that I don't know what happened, I don't. I'm not doing that to people. Not, not for like mediocre reasons, you know. What about like the Mike Tyson line? Like, I'll make you, I'll, I'll fuck you till you love me. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's another. See, that's another level. See, he's the same thing. Like, that's he flipped out, mm. and it's documented. It's even worse. But did someone like like Dice? Forgive me. And I'm a huge fan of Dice. I want I made my wife stop the car. I got out and took a picture with him at a gas station in Studio City. I'm such a fan. He's awesome. But he's a totally fake tough guy. Yeah. It's bullshit. Like yeah. he's either never been in a fight or if he has, I'm sure it didn't go well. So do fake tough guys fucking kill you? Do you hate that? <laughs> 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 no. It must. No, it has to. Why? Because you're a real one and you're Where a sweetheart. I? I've not. It's not true. It's not. I'm yeah, not you're a sweetheart, and I'm. You're I a nice know. person. Like I feel like there's. I'll go fake tough. There's fake tough guys that are still tough. Because I feel like just because you don't actually know any real martial arts, but you have punched people at the bar a lot. And you see me and you're like, hey, fucker, like, we'll fucking go. And I'm like, I commend you for that. You know what I mean? Because you re- it's 50-50 if you don't know how to fight. You might win. Yeah. You might lose because you don't know. You're fucking throwing. Your hands aren't up. You don't know where the fuck anything's going to land. You're not seeing his punches. It's a fight between normal people. Like, if you train your whole life, like, it's it's a sport, man. Like, you push me. I am now in sport mode. I'm not in... I'm going to tear your head off. I'm like, where's your fucking chin? Because you're mm. going to go to sleep. Yeah. And I'm, that's it. And it's going to be calm. And the other hand's going to be up against my face when I throw the other punch. So you're not going to hit me. Yeah. Most of the people I would wrestle anyway. I feel like that's the winning. A wrestler, dudes in the, that did wrestling in college, that's, that's, wins every street fight. Unless it's like five dudes against you. I interviewed Herb Dean and he said the exact same thing. Yeah, double egg, dude. Yeah. Everybody who's angry punches you in the face so you stand up and you wait for him to throw the punch and you go under double leg on the ground they don't know anything about getting mounted getting fucking elbowed in the face getting (laughs) choked like nobody knows any of that stuff it's over was there ever a point in your life where you were looking to get punched in the face as a substitute for drugs and alcohol no but when i first got into mma and i started sparring it definitely helped me stay on the straight and narrow and it and it definitely helped me with uh with the fulfilling this thing that you know not being a pro skater anymore not going to the ramp every day trying to figure out how to make a radio career support children and a wife like it was a lot and that there's two things getting punched in the head because there was a couple of times where I, I get hit and this is where I'm not good yet and I get hit by dudes that are famous in MMA and I you know, boom, my head would ring and I'd fucking and I'd be like whoa and I'd see them go hey fucking check you out man you can fucking take a punch you fucking 
you got that one thing that fighters have, man. Like you, you know what I mean. You're not fucking scared, and you've got, and, and that. And I hear them say that. Mm. So that's my little pat on the back to these people that I've already within six months. I'm looking up to all of them, even if they're younger than me, because yes. I'm like, this sport is incredible. That guy's fucking amazing the way he does that. I need to learn that. And then that dude fucking kicks me in the head, and and I and I go pop up and throw punches back. He's like, there you go, Ellis. Fucking check out Ellis. He ain't taking shit from anybody over here. And I get a little bit of you know, encouragement there. And I'm like, fuck yeah, these, these were the, th- the my passion, uh, I got a new passion. You know, I was like, I found another thing that it was even better because I knew there was never going to be, you're never going to be in the UFC. You're never going to be a successful fighter. So I don't have this crazy ambition where they're going to take it away from me. I'm going to have this big, you know, because being the best at something or being in the top 10 in the world, there's this whole other bit that they don't fucking put in movies that it, it takes us a beast to stay in the game. You're going to get beat. You're going to get broke. You're going to get fucking hurt. It's it's going to look like nothing forever. And then maybe you'll get to be as good as these other assholes that did the same thing. Well, 80% of fights of any professional fighter is in a fucking Ramada, like banquet room, 500 bucks for brain damage. Like, and they're begging, uh, the medic people that do the brain thing to be like, no, 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 it's not that bad. Like I've been in the thing. California commission, you know, they check your brain and your lungs and everything to make sure you don't die when you fight. And I've heard a boxer in there going, no, my, my brain scan is, it's not that bad. And I'm, and this guy's nobody. He's probably, he's arguing to get a fight for 500 bucks. If he wins, he probably gets another 500. He's paying for coaches and training and meals. Like where, so it's How? not a career. It's, it's a, it's your life. You found a thing that takes takes the pain away or it it you found a thing that loves you back like it's a damaged guy or a girl that gets into MMA cuz the first couple of years like you're going to if you're lucky you'll find some good people and if you're even luckier they'll fucking show you but the only way to know is to get your fucking shit handled every day by everybody it's but, just constant but look at these like if you think about you know Floyd Mayweather or Tyson like from fucking Brownsville, Brooklyn, or Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, so it's not so bad to get in a fight. The it's worst so... of the worst places. Right, because they went to the gym, and when they first started, probably a bunch of dudes way better than them that beat the living shit out of them and said, you fucking bitch, can't fight for shit. And he went home, ate a sandwich, and then he went back. Because it ain't a big deal, dude. It ain't a big deal to have some dudes slap you and tell you you're a bitch. That's been happening at school. Your, your mom might have done it to you. Your dad might have done it to you. So when, you know, when it's not a big deal... That's to me. That's why I think it, later on I was still carrying this. You know, I mean, my father and all that stuff, it, 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 like being molested and not really knowing who it was, and then my sexuality. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of anger, you know, a lot of fucking resentment that I've always sort of held back. I'm, I'll do it in my skateboarding. Like I'll, you know, I mean, I'll be fearless. But to be fearless, I was so angry. That's why I was fearless. I could get so fucking angry that I would try any trick. And I could wake up with my arm broken and be like, so what, dude? Looking back on it, I can see it. Like, so what? Because it was, I was living in a mental pain all the time, but not even analyzing it. Like, I was drunk, but if I was ever just sober, just sitting there, it was fucked. It fucking sucked to exist. What about today? It's awesome. It's not bad, right? I can't complain. I can't find anything to bitch about. It's <laughs> <Sounds> awful. <laughs> I don't even care about my uh, hair growing back anymore. I'm like that used to piss me off that I was bald. Now I'm like I don't even want it. 
I like everything I do right now. I don't even mind being older. My knees, I got to get knee surgery and shit. I'm like, you know why you got to get knee surgery? Because you fucking went off, man. Yeah. Like you got, and you got videos of it. So just, you know, remember when they said, you're going to be sore when you're older. I'm like, yeah. Well, I am. And it's not, and I'm not like, oh, you know, give me the, give me the, give me the meds. Like I ain't, I ain't doing painkillers. I ain't doing, I just smoke weed. What's the alternative? I rub a bunch of fucking CBD, THC cream on me. I go in the infrared sauna and then I go in the cold plunge. Go get acupuncture, whatever it is that you got to do to stay alive. It's working. I've never been better. I'm slower, I think, than I was when I was 25, but not by much. Tell me if I'm tripping because I've been taking CBD now at night at times. Mm-hmm. Like Makes you sleep better for sure. Every every single night because mm-hmm. I'm a fucking I got, addict. I got cases of it. Really? On the drops. I'll hook I, you up, son. I would love it. Yeah. But I, I'm wondering, and I know that like there's no psychoactive, or at least the bottle says there's nothing psychoactive. <laughs> I feel fucking lit, my friend. Oh, you do? Maybe not lit, but remember, I'm so pure. I know, but you feel a little bit high? Or oh, just, yeah. Really? In the way that you feel high Does it from say like, like it's got a 1% of thing in it? Because they say, sometimes they say it's just ba- barely any. But if it is barely any and you don't do anything at all ever, then yeah, you would feel it. I mean, it says it's less than 0.3% or whatever is the, the minimum. Do you do tobacco and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Because when I did the caffeine. sober thing and I was going to AA and stuff... The person that sponsored me, uh, Dak Shepard. <laughs> I can cut that. You're awesome. I don't care. He doesn't care. He I, actually is in my book. I asked him if it was okay to say his name in the book, and that he was taking me to meetings because I don't regret it. And he did that out of the kindness of his heart. He was trying to help somebody who he thought really needed to be sober, and he could have his arguments. I really, really tried. You know, I did a year and three months. And then right before my wedding, I started smoking weed again. But I, I don't want to be... I'm not saying people should smoke weed. But to me, I've never been happier. Like, I've... That's my that's my thing. And then when I went to meetings and they gave me the, the gum and the... the Nicorette. Fuck, dude. You guys... I, was, I didn't say anything because it wasn't my place, but... First of all, within five minutes, I'm chewing this gum and I fucking spat it out because my head is spinning and I'm about to fucking pass out. <laughs> and and Dax like, self-admittedly loves Nicorette. Yeah, no, they, he's they huge all, on it. They're all chomping on it. So I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, wait. I'm in my head. I'm like, wait, I can't smoke weed because when I smoke weed, even if I did a dab right now, I'd be in. I could interact with you way better than this gum. I mean, sure, I could get used to it. But you could get used to the weed. I'm like, which, you know, like I, I, if I, if I look, if I drink, and I black out, I'd go back. Yes. I'd call Dax. Or I wouldn't even call. But I'm too ashamed. But I would just go to meetings because I'd be like, dude, you're almost fifty. I thought you said you could handle it now. You know what I mean? Because I've had many years where I was like, you can handle it, and then it it progresses, and then one night I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. Why not just do you know set the wheels on fire again and wake up and go you are an idiot and now you have to go through all this shit again i hope you're happy it's not cute at 46 to right so that's brown why, out. now like i said there's a couple of times here like i like uh I, I really can't go out too late i don't like being out late i like getting up in the morning going to the gym so there goes that that whole thing and then i i got steaks 
I got sponsored. This dude, Stay Classy Meats. They send me meat, like cases of meat that I put in the freezer that's grass fed, all different kinds of meats. So, <laughs> can we hold for one second? I just have to pee so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, go try it. <laughs> Wait, um, Ellis just popped a nicotine pouch. <laughs> it's his not mouth. the same. It's three. It, it's, a, it's totally it's a, the same. It's a three. <laughs> not like all you other guys with your weird. 20s and oh this one's from sweden or whatever and i'm like what the fuck oh the lincolnberry snot see i knew you would know it you all know it it's good shit it's not good shit oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) you guys are all fucking same oh man look at this look at this i hope you like like did jesus no jeez right like holy really ellis just showed me his dms and it's um yeah, it's a lot of a lot of dudes, a lot it's of not, dicks. Sometimes it's not good. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, wow, just that's your initial hello. <laughs> and I get it, like girls. It's it's when you go, I go, wow, this, this guy's like, wow, that article's cool. Jason seems hot. I'm gonna introduce myself with my hairy asshole, not a face. No. Just I hope you like my hairy asshole. It's like I. Not does everybody say yes to that? Does anyone ever? I I guess yes they do. Sure, but oh, this is gonna sound fucked up. But I think I'm hotter than that, mm. and that was not a sufficient ass to show me. Yes, that's I get what I'm that. I'm gonna say, yeah, it's uncomfortable that I said that, but I really do. That's fuck that. I'm better than that. That's a, that's a medium. That's a mediocre ass. <laughs> Goes, am I bad if I say that about girls? If I'm like, the girl sent me that, and I'm like, eh, it's kind of not really that good. No. I'm not going to say anything mean. It's better to not say anything at all, right? That's the best move. I think that's. Or do I say no thanks? That's the, probably the proper edict for just all of life. Better to not say anything at all. Yeah, let me get my three legged doggies. Oh, no. Look at this three legged guy. Oh. He's a rescue. It's pretty cute. He's a great American. So when we spoke last, you were about to go do ayahuasca. Oh, yeah. In this house for three days. Wow. Yeah. And you were weaning off antidepressants. Yeah. Which you had taken for Brain years. Brain zaps. What's that like? Did. What is it? What did I take? I forgot what I Traz. No. I forgot something. Lexapro. Lexapro. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And when you come off them, if you decide to, the doctor that prescribed them when I said I wanted to go off them the first year was like, well, I think another year would be good. And then maybe four years came, maybe five. And I was like, look, I'm going to get off them. And he said, why? I'm like, cause I, why be on antidepressants your whole life? That wasn't the deal. And he goes, well, statistically, uh, the chances of you getting off them and going back on are pretty high. Mm. Probably not worth it. They don't really hurt your body. So eventually, because of Aubrey Marcus and these other people, like, you know, I really wanted to do this ayahuasca thing. I didn't actually plan on conti- not doing antidepressants. I just was told you have to get off them to do the ayahuasca. So uh, when I started to decrease my, my dosage of, of antidepressants, <clears throat> every now and then my brain would spark. I've heard that. <laughs> What, what does it feel good. like? Like some like little, tr- you're like, what the hell? Like somebody did a little electric shock in your brain. Wow. 
Yeah, and then you Google it, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is one of the side effects of go- coming off Lexapro. And I'm like, you guys don't say that. And don't tell me that it doesn't hurt or it doesn't do anything because it makes you lazier. It made If I had a drink, it gave me 10 times the more, more the hangover. If When I trained, I just put it to old age, but if I trained four or five days a week, I couldn't really move around with the kids on the weekend. Hmm. I I could, but it was not. It was like, oh my god, man, I'm I'm really hurting. If we could not do a, a thing today, and we could just stay home, maybe watch a movie, Dad would be really pumped on that. And then I would just fucking lie on that couch and just watch TV, going, oh, you guys want to get Postmates? Because I couldn't get up. Did it make you gain weight? Yep, I've heard <clears> that. So then I get off these things, brain zap, blah blah blah, ayahuasca. But after the ayahuasca, like all these other things came to me. But I also got energy less sore like more i i started training i took another fight just because i kept going to the gym and then i would call my coach the next day and i'm like hey man you got time to tomorrow morning he's like yeah you sure because he even he was like what the fuck yeah what got <clears> into you i just so those antidepressants slowed me down i got more energy for the show kids wife everything was the ayahuasca experience what people said it would be i don't know what people say but this the the shitting and puking thing is not i didn't shit uh i did puke a little bit the second night a lot just one time what's it taste like it's fucking putrid isn't it yeah yeah it's like garbage tea <laughs> what's that echinacea kind of a thing yeah to it? like just disgusting but i don't like tripping out like that man going that far but it just it's just medicine it just notifies you of that immediately I how mean, so maybe, well maybe it's because you're there with somebody and they're a professional but <clears throat> you don't just go oh man cool you know things are co- things are cool even if they're not it's not that drug it's there's some things that you've been hiding from <sighs> we need to face those i just got scared when you just said that <laughs> i know <laughs> <clears throat> and it will exaggerate it too, and it will keep showing it to you, and it has that power. Like, like have you ever had shrooms where you want them to go away? Shrooms don't do that. I tried to go to sleep on shrooms. Right. Bad idea. Right. So this is the same thing where it keeps showing me so many things that I don't want to see, like me as a kid doing drugs and shit and being abused by people that are way older. And when you see video of it, you know, it's not even real. It's like a playback of something to make it look even worse than it is. Like people taking your soul away from it. You know what I mean? Like really showing you the effects that you thought weren't that ba- that bad. And you're like, wait, no wonder I got a dark side. Like people did some really, really bad things to me. Like if you wouldn't put, you couldn't put it in a movie. There's no rating for what I saw. And then I'd be like, I would, because I'd be in this world on my side, and then I'd be like fuck, make it stop, man. And then I'd roll over to the other side and then it'd go straight back into it and it just wouldn't keep... And I started to figure it out. It just keeps showing you until you accept it. Stop trying to look away. Go into it. Right. See, just, yeah, it's happening. It's happened. You live with it. And, then it, and then it. and then it goes away and then it goes straight into another one. Especially uh. if you're me. It didn't, oh, no. it didn't end. It was like, oh, remember this thing? I'm like, no, I didn't. No. Ah, man, why sure people keep happen. doing this shit to me? God. But <clears throat> that sort of death, you know, death came over me, over the top of me. Big fucking 
thing, horn-headed thing came over me and flew over me and it had tits and different arms and all this weird shit. And then it just turned into, it like, went over me like a Star Wars spaceship. And then all of a sudden there's stuff dripping on me. And I'm like, wait, oh, fuck, I'm, this is death. I am dead. I'm gone. And, and then, then you, you become of, okay with that. Yeah. Do you... Because that's a big fear to me. Why? Um, probably a little bit of ego, sadness of, uh, the association of losing my brother and stuff just seems so tragic, Hmm. but I'm almost on the other side of, it's really not if I, even if I died now, like the kids is the thing that hurts me now. That's what you said last time we talked, like, I'm just here for them. Right. Well, and Katie, obviously. But like, a, and a, like what I've done with my life, you can't say I didn't have a good one already. Well, obviously, want to stay around for a long time, but when I go, it go, you go, you're gone. There's no more pain. There's nothing. It's just that little bit right before you go, and I've already had that like you know panic attacks. I had a heart condition where they had to knock me out and like shock it, and then I had that little procedure because my heart would go into AFib. So I've been on the table, man, where it's like, it's, this is it. It's terrible. I hate those times. I hate that day. Oh, it's hot. The heart's gone again. You got to go to hospital. This could be it. Yeah. This, you know, old people, this is coming for us. Like when we get older, something's going to give and we're going to have to go to the fucking emergency room. Oh, Mr. Ellis, we're going to have to get you in the thing. Like all those things are going to come or I'm going to get hit by a car or something. Something's going to happen. So fuck that. When that happens, you know, I'm a fucking... Man, I'm not even saying that to like a, like a, I'm not f- fucking scared of you. You know, like if, if you're going to do it, then go on, do it. I'm on, and, and, but until you do, I'm going to rip it. I'm on fire. You know, I'm going to have, that's why I'm like, if, if, if Katie will let me and she's okay with it, I want to do things that I've never done before. You know, mm. I, 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 cause you might take it away from me. If you want to do a show, do you want to race cars? Do you want to be on some TV show saying that you're into trans girls? I was like, yeah. I do. I'll do anything. I'll do all the things, even more things now because I'm way more open-minded. I used to just think some people suck so much I would never be interested in their shit. I'm open to, I just want to experience everything. So if I'm just busy like that. You know, and I'm like, I look at my kids, I'm like, you good? They're good. You need me? You know I'm here. Yep. So we can play when you want to play. And when you have to do your shit, I'm going to tell you. And if I go, I go. You know, like, it's not, it's not, there's nothing anybody can do about it. I can't sit here worrying about it. Mm. I can only just enjoy this life that I have. And, and when I think of that, I'm like, how can you be worried about death? Your life is so sweet. It's everything I ever wanted. And don't you think there's Except a Lamborghini? I only rented one. You'll have a Lamborghini. Probably. You're if right. you really want one. <laughs> She can get one a couple years old. You're like my therapist. He said the same thing. He's like, just get an old one. 2015. It's worth it. I'm like, you don't think I should get a house? No, I can tell. You need a Lamborghini. Yeah. My buddy has a fucking 2015 Ferrari, 120 yeah. grand. That'll be your Christmas bonus from Sirius. Yes. No, yes. No, that's, my wife would be so pumped. I get a $120,000 Christmas bonus <laughs> and I buy a Ferrari. We'll get a house next time. I mean, it's, we're, we're on fire. We're fine. She'll get it. Yeah, she actually would let me do it too. I could convince her. Well, that's why she's your wife. <laughs> it's a terrible team. Such a bad move. You know, when, when I had Aubrey on the pod, I asked him, 
I said, because obviously he's a big proponent of ayahuasca and these sort of things. And I said, for me as a addictive person, my suspicion about them is that they're not a vaccine. Because that, that's what I want it to be, right? I want to do ayahuasca oh. and be all better and never have to do any more maintenance. I said, my suspicion is is that it gives you a momentary insight into the work, more work that needs to be done and that you have to sort of sustain, maintain what you learned. Did you find that? A little bit, but it's also, it gives you tools that mm. you keep with you forever because there's a different mindset to looking at things. And once you do it that way, like I just copied the medicine. Like I've, if things hurt me in my life or I recall things that hurt me, I face it, dissect it, and move on if I feel like it's sometimes mentally I can move on faster than physically yeah. to things, but I know what that is. So I just assess things differently. I use the medicine still all the time. How so? Self-administer? I feel like when I meditate, there's like a way I'll think of things, <clears throat> problems. If I catch a problem that is repeating in my head a lot, I'll sit with it instead of like just shrugging it off and it keeps fucking with me all day. I'll just sit with it and be like, okay, really analyze it. Mm. How bad is it that this person said that or that they did this or whatever it is? Can you fix it? You know what I mean? If you can't fix it, don't worry about it. If you can fix it, we'll go on. Yeah. That's it. It, it was funny, and this is probably me projecting, but I'm interested to hear your thought of this. I remember when we spoke right before you did ayahuasca, and then you did it, and you had sort of taken a cleanse from social media. Mm. And you slowly came back. And you were going to the ocean a lot and mm -hmm. you were doing like sort of jumping in the ocean. And I remember thinking like, wow, he seems so free and clear. And then I think like a month or two went by and there was some post or something on social where you just seemed annoyed by something. Yeah, and I, I snapped at somebody. <laughs> and I was like, ah, Ellis is back. It's still like, there. This shit doesn't work. It doesn't. It, well, that's see, it doesn't. It just doesn't. You're not, I'm not like, uh, that was the other thing. It's, I'm not even ready to face the worst of it. Like the ayahuasca showed me a lot of stuff, but it was like, this'll do for now. Like there's really? more, yeah, there's more work. You might not need more work. It depends on who you are and how much damage there is. There's only so much you can take. You can't run through everything that fucked with you your whole life in three days. It's, to me, it was like, it showed me a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of heartache, but I got a lot of stuff out and I felt way better. But I also knew before I got out of there that there was way bigger, <clears throat> way bigger things that I had to face. Like, I, I mean, I saw my dog that passed away and that like really threw me into like hysterics. Oof. You know, I was screaming down here and that's not my brother. You know, that's my dog. I love my dog. Don't get it twisted. I love my dog, but not like my brother. And I just don't think that I could see him yet because I don't think I can handle it. I don't think that the shaman could handle like what could happen to me. Like I could flip out, you know? And I think with time, doing the medicine more and being more, um, have more tools and more able to sit in the pocket and face things, then the more I get to accept that too because I don't think I've really accepted that. My father passing away, seeing my father after knowing now that he was the person that molested me. That is not going to be a fucking good interaction. That's going to be really fucking tough. And that's not going to happen yet. I don't even think it would happen in the second one. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep doing it. 
because I am gonna, <clears throat> I am gonna clear it. What's the shaman's role in all this? He fucking sings these songs. Abba. No, weird, weird Brazilian like tribal shit. That'd be, that would be weird. <laughs> but when he changes the song, the pattern to the song or whatever it is, he you you change your trip. Mm. He puts you in different places. So he kind of controls it a little bit. It's fucking really weird. At one point, like uh, this, he gives you these things to smoke. He's like, swallow the smoke. You know, I saw the smoke and blow it out. And then he spits some shit on my face. And then when the thing hit my face, woof, I'm in another fucking room. Like I'm in another spot, another world. He's not there anymore. And then I'm back again every now and then because you start to get used to it because it's hours and hours of it. You're like, oh, he changed the song. or And then by the third day, I knew there's a certain song before this, before the ayahuasca kicks in. When it's about to, then he starts another song. And then when the shit hits the fan, that's when he, that song, I know the chant that is about to, I'm about to go in again. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's that chant again. I'm like, and then, and then, you're not in that room anymore. You're in another place and you're getting shown a bunch of shit. So you do it for three days in a row. Yeah, three days straight. What's the recover what's the week after like? Amazing? It's it's not it's not you know, it's it's not a miracle, you know, it's not this it's not this like yeah, I did feel I felt light, immediately I felt lighter. <clears throat> I felt like I got a lot of stuff out. But like I said, I also knew that it wasn't over. Like there was way more here. You're not, you're, 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 you're freaking out about your fucking dog, dude. You, you mean your brother died at 24, you know, and you were about to go home. Like there's a lot of regret. Like I could have saved him. I could have gone back and got him over here or something, you know, like just being with those fucking losers. Like I knew he, he thought he was better than that. And he did, and he was pissed about his life. Because he knew that you could live my, like a life like mine. That's when he passed away. I was like, I'm gonna do things that he could see. You know, like, a, like I'm gonna help people. I'm gonna do shit that no one thought you could do. I'm gonna see everything because he didn't get to see shit. He just got completely ripped off from everything. That was your brother Lee. Was that? Was that your brother Lee? No, Lee's alive. Stevie. Stevie, Stevie. passed away. So. You know, I know Lee's fucked up from it. Lee should do ayahuasca. Lee's depressed permanently. I talked to him and said, yeah, things are all right. Kids are good. But he's not, nothing's ever going to be that good. Your fucking brother died when you were 24 because you guys were all acting like fucking idiots and you stole a steamroller and fucking rolled it off a cliff or some shit. But because you're all drunk because it's all this Ellis lifestyle. It's the thing that we learned. Our father taught us, you know, you've... You, you ram cars, you chop trees down, you shoot guns, you get drunk and you fucking throw knives at each other. Like we're, we're, we come from a, a background where nobody could kill us. We were invincible. My father mm -hmm. taught me that. And then my 24-year-old brother fucking died. My dad died the, the year before that. Climbing so a mountain? On the same fucking hill. Because he was, wasn't it a ego thing? He, yeah, no, my, my Lee, he raced Supercross and he pedaled up to the top of the mountain where the snow is. And I guess some people use that to train for Tour de France and shit. It's like mm -hmm. a big mountain, snow mountain. And he pedaled up to the top and said it was the hardest thing he's ever done. And when you're Supercross fit, you are really fit. And my father was not a fat man, but he wasn't a gym person. Sure. And he, New Year's, the next morning he woke up early and grabbed Lee's bike and pedaled up to the top of the mountain and had a heart attack up there. <laughs>
But he did it. He like I mean, he's like a mile off the top. Ah, <laughs> I know that's probably why he kept going. Fucking idiot. Unreal. Yeah. So then my brother passed away too. So those ones are, you know, ever since that my father passed away, and then my brother. That's the radio show, skateboarding retirement was all my girlfriend that I had no intention of marrying at all got pregnant and said she wanted to have the baby. My agent didn't pay my taxes. So the house that I owned had to be sold to pay back taxes. I still had like another $150,000 in fines from not paying taxes from having an agent and a, like a, a a business manager that just didn't pay it. That are supposed to take care of you. Fuck me. So all that, all at the same time, all around the same time. So to me, it just seemed like life, you know, wasn't, I'm like, yep. Sounds about right. But I'm going to get out of it, you know? My yeah. brother passing away was, I'm going to get out of this. I'm gonna, I could feel it. Just like when I was a skateboarder, I could feel it. Like I, I prayed to, not a God, but like I just prayed to myself. Like I would talk to my brother when he passed away. I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to do something that no one's ever seen before. I'm going to shine. Like I know I am. And, it's, and, and I was just driven. I've always been that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you're not going to, Get me. I'm not going to lose this fucking fight. I'm going to shine. I'm, my brother is going to help me. I'm going to make it. It's interesting when, you know, in your book, still awesome, uh, for sale right now. <laughs> JasonEllisBook.com. JasonEllisBook.com. I will say it again in the outro. But <laughs> I do notice, right, because you chronicle these things that happened or happened to you and like these tough breaks, these unfair things. And then almost always the paragraph is ended with you taking some responsibility like and i found that really interesting and also like especially obviously when you talk about your ex-wife and whatnot and that it's all my fault yeah and but there's something freeing about that too right because if it's someone else's fault then you know if the issue is with someone else then then we're really powerless at least if it's our fault we can do something about it yeah i guess there's like some sort of peace of mind that comes with that and acceptance of you just got to watch it when you're, to me, I can be very confident and then I can be um, super insecure at the same time. It can be very easy. So when you start making a lot of mistakes and realizing that you're the guy that's making all these mistakes and you're making people's lives difficult, it's hard to want to fucking look at yourself in the mirror or even stay alive. You know, you start contemplating like, maybe it'd be better if I just fucking disappeared. <laughs> I just seem to just, you know, I mean, I'm bumming everybody out, you know, people how would that you, you love. How would you do it? I think about how I would do it. <laughs> I would, Let's I'm trade. A, I'm a bitch. I would. I would do drugs. I'd overdose. Oh, yeah, me too. In a white castle. I'd do heroin or something. I, I'd fill up a massive syringe of heroin. I would actually prefer to steal a Lamborghini and like have a chase and shoot and yeah. stuff. Thelma and Louise style. I don't want to hurt. What if I ran over like a lady walking on the street? We could set it up right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put out safety guns. Yeah, I'll be all right. Um, all right, final question. I've asked you this before, but I ask it at the end of every episode. What are your one or two Jason Ellis commandments? Truths that you have discovered that you would want to impress upon someone else? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's Is that my again? final question. So it's Jason Ellis commandments. Truths that you have discovered. If you could only leave someone with one or two things that you find are the most important. Um... man i'm 
I, I assume a lot of people want to end up being with somebody for the rest of their lives. So I would say if you are one of those people, don't lie about anything. You know, even if you think that it's a thing that you you've done or something about you that no one could love, well then you should fucking be by yourself because you've got to be a hundred percent you to this other person that's unmatchable to be loved and to be like, this is everything. This is all my good and all my bad. Do you still want to hang out with me? Yeah. Thanks, dude. Thank you, dude. Thanks for having me on. Are you kidding me? This is the best. Appreciate it. Boom shaka laka laka. How was that, guys? Right? It was great. I know. You don't have to say it. I know. Anyway, guys, check out Jason's new book. The link is in the liner notes. Hope you guys have a great week. Love you. See you soon. Bye.